This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. Welcome to a Joycast from Joy 94.9. Visit joy.org.au to find out more about our Joycasts. Melbourne's big gay voice has a fresh new sound. Joy 94.9. GLBTI sporting news that matters to you. That matters to you. The Locker Room. Welcome, Melbourne, into the locker room. I'm joined tonight by my wonderful co-host, Michael Smith. Welcome. It's great to be here. And, of course, I'm Mark Rowley-Roland. And uh, tonight we've got a special, well, not a special tennis show. We're, of course, in the locker room. We don't dedicate ourselves to any specific sport. But, but it, like it to... felt a bit rude to ignore tennis. Yeah, I mean, you'd be pretty silly not to. So we'll, of course, be taking it from our own special angle and picking up the rackets and, and having a bit of hit back and forth. Sunning ourselves on the side of the court, oh. drinking lots of bottles of water in this horrendous heat. Yeah, pims and lemonade and all that good stuff. Of course, thanks to uh, Glenn tonight from the Royal Daltons uh, and David on the Joy 94.9 news desk. Smithy, you were down at the, uh, and you and me were down at the Midsummer uh, Sports Precinct. What a wonderful uh, venue they had on this year. Oh, look, I think it was fantastic. They got all the gay sporting groups together in the one area and we had a bit of space to demonstrate the various sports as well. And I think it, it just was quite impressive just to see the kind of the collection of different clubs that are around. And a really great way to get the message out, right? The opening of the festival, so everyone was sort of walking through and engaging. You could see all the different sporting clubs kind of wandering around, talking to everyone. So a great way to promote what the community is doing in the sporting area. Congratulations, of course, to the committee for organising Midsummer. They did an excellent job this year, and uh, Team Melbourne uh, was there with their new committee, and they were doing an excellent job there as well, and we had them on last week. Uh, the water polo guys, of course, put a lot of people to shame, Smithy. Oh, I know. Like, it, it's, it's hard, isn't it? You just have to feel like you've got to keep your shirt on out of sense of shame with those guys around. But look, you know, they, they work what they've got, I guess, to uh, promote their sport. And they're certainly a great bunch of guys, the, uh, the Surge Boys. So yeah, it's good to see yeah, them out there. Yeah, great. Uh, just, they just make us feel very inadequate about move, our own bodies. Move on, but moving on. What, what's odd tonight? Uh, well, we are going to talk tennis. So we're going to cross to Melbourne Park where we cross our correspondent, Brian Peel, who's there and he's going to fill us in on what's going on. on and off the court. Um, if you'd actually rather play tennis than just sit there watching it, then uh, you can have a find out about Vic Tennis. We're going to chat with Michael Prianis, who's from Melbourne's own queer tennis group. Um, I'm going to bring you another editorial. We talk a lot about the heat policy at the Australian Open, but what are we doing to make our other sports safe? We've got the National Football League in America settling a concussion lawsuit, class action lawsuit worth over 700 million US dollars. So are we sitting on a time bomb of player safety? Plus the usual roundup. What's on this week? We're going to have a chat with Aaron about uh, the round ball game and hopefully the crowd was well behaved at Amy Park last night for the Victory versus Wanderers game. And now I think it's time for Rolly's Roundup. Of course, we start tonight off with tennis. Bernard Tomic has gone from being a media darling last week with the nickname Atomic to media punching bag this morning being nicknamed Tomic 
the tank engine after the 21-year-old retired from his first round match with Rafael Nadal due to injury. Spectators jeered Bernard after he quit. He later explained of having difficulty pushing off his left leg. You must have had a bit of that before, Smithy, the old left leg push. Oh, yeah, and the right knee and the lower back and the right shoulder and all of that. I don't know, do people think they're going to a Broadway musical? Like, do they think they're going to see a performance for three hours and then go home? It's like it's live sport. Well, People get hurt. Well, it's just it's a bit like the boy cried wolf. You know, he has been known to uh, call games off early before. But, look, we have to give him the benefit of the doubt. And well, um, good luck next well, time. Why do we expect people to injure themselves and... For the sake of entertainment, the people have paid good money to go watch a game. Oh, it's the chance you take. Oh, but it's always good Most chance. people who go to the tennis don't pay for it anyway, you know. And people like to give Bernard a bit of a kick while he's down. Uh, Canadian tennis player Frank DeCivic, uh yesterday claimed he saw Snoopy on court before fainting in the extreme heat at the Australian Open. He said later, I was dizzy from the middle of the set and then I saw Snoopy and I thought, wow, Snoopy, that's weird. And then he fell over. Uh, after getting up, believe it or not, he continued to play his opponent, but however lost 6-0, 6-0. So um, I probably would have stopped, to be honest. Do you think his opponent was Lucy, like holding the football, waiting for it to be pulled away at the last minute <laughs> yeah. or something? Oh, that's terrible. Like oh, uh, let's see, is that the kind of resilience people are looking for out of Tomek instead? Like they want to see him play till he's sort of fatigued to the point of hallucination. Oh, until he's just hopping around on one leg. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, exactly right. Um, other heat incidents yesterday included former women's world number one Carolyn Wozniakis. Oh, Nizanakis. Uh, plastic water b- bottle melting on court, which was pretty clean. They got that on camera. 2008 finalist Joe Wilfred. Songers shoes softening in the heat and Serbian Jelena Javkovic burning her backside on an uncovered seat. That was quite funny as well. Uh, Channel Channel 7 was live there for the um, sitting at the bottom on the hot seat. I'd say tennis is just a minefield for you and pronunciation of names, isn't it, Rolly? We're just setting you up to fail by asking you to talk about tennis players. All right, I'm about to round it up. See how I go. Aussie tennis teens, Nick... Kyrgios and Tazi Kokonakis continued their seamless transition to the senior ranks, advancing to the second round of the Australian Open. I was expecting some applause and claps there, but uh, it never happened. I, know, I think they're coming. There you go. Thank you very much. Uh, our producer just a bit slow off the mark. He's looking a bit tired. It's been a tough day, I think. Also someone suffering from the heat policy here at Joy 94.9. 31-year-old ex-German midfielder Thomas Hitzberger has become one of the few high-profile sportsmen uh, in Germany to publicly reveal that he's gay. Uh, German Chancellor Angela Merkel has praised Hitzberger for going public. So this is quite a huge thing in Germany and, of course, for football because uh, the 31-year-old who's, who's retired uh, back in September, played 52 games for Germany uh, right up to 2010. Of course, he played for some really good uh, premier clubs, Aston Villa, uh, VB Stoggart, Lazo, um, West Ham United and Everton. Uh, Hiltzberger said, I'm making my homosexual public because I would like to advance the discussion of homosexuality among professional athletes. It pissed me off this last week. I must admit, I was quite angry on social media. People were um, saying uh, that, you know, Oh, well, he's retired now, so it doesn't really matter. But, you know, I, th- I think that's a bit rough. Well, he actually said himself that he, he has only come to terms with his own sexuality in, in recent years. It's not a, it hasn't been something he's hidden for a very long time. He's only become self-aware that he mm. was gay. Well, I mean, you're busy so, playing premiership footy, uh, what, a couple of times a week? You haven't got time to be chasing boys around town, have you? Yeah, I mean, there's nothing gay about professional football at all. No. No, no nothing gay about the way soccer players behave at all. Uh, next next summer sport, cricket's uh, most feared Mo is gone for a month at least. Australian Ashes hero Mitchell Johnson had the popular handlebar Mo shaved off this morning by wife Jessica 
who she was quoted as saying, I'm glad to see the end of that filthy thing. Uh, Johnson initially grew the mow to raise money for Men's Health uh, Charity Movember, uh, but decided to keep it all the way through the Ashes whitewash as a bit of a good luck charm. Uh, he said that uh, basically after that he's been very glad he enjoyed the mow and he's thinking about growing it for the South African tour. Do you know they've... Um, I actually find this really disgusting. Johnson has agreed to auction off the shavings in a replica ashes urn to help reach his $50,000 donation target. He's only raised 20000 so 30000 for an urn full of old whiskey. Someone's already paid 20000 I mean, that's the more remarkable, I'd say. I don't know. There's probably people out there who'd pay for that. Uh, but what happens if, it's, if it all goes badly for him here? Does he grow up back? Uh, well, he's going to grow back for the South African tour. Yeah. Uh, last but least, uh, angry residents complaining about the noise from San Francisco's marathon on Sunday were given a rude awakening when they rang through to the marathon's complaint line. Instead of going through to a man call centre for the 5.30am event, they were instead put through to a kinky phone sex line in Taiwan. By mistake, it was not clear how many people were misdirected at this point. But I don't um, reckon that's a mistake. Well, <laughs> I think that's a deliberate, <laughs> deliberate play. That's San Francisco we're talking about here. Yeah, what a great way to get rid of complaints. Well, why would you complain about a marathon? Oh. Well, it started at 5.30 in the morning, all those papping feet like that. GLBTI sporting news that matters to you. That matters to you. The Locker Room. How about for some accurate news we cross to someone who's there on the scene? So we've got Brian Peel, who's at Melbourne Park, and he's going to fill us in on what's going on on and off the court. Brian, welcome into the locker room. Good evening, guys. How are you in the locker room tonight? Oh, we're good, but I wish I was at Melbourne Park watching the tennis, to be honest. It's much better now. We, the mercury hit about 41 degrees today, and it's 44 tomorrow, so it's actually a very pleasant evening for tennis. Now, Leighton went out in five sets. Tomic is retired hurt. Are there any Aussies left out there? Actually, the girls, uh, Adam Chuck and Rogalska, just won their doubles game out on court 13, 6 3 seven, six. So they're into the next round. So that's just wrapped up now. So we're still in the ladies' doubles? They are still in the ladies' doubles, OK, yeah. well, there you go. Flying the flag. And go, girls. Flying the flag. And Rogalska is actually playing tomorrow on High Sands Arena. So she's got a big singles game coming up. So St- uh, Stoes is on the, uh, out on court now? She is. Uh, she's out on uh, Rod Laver Arena. And she's up against uh, Peronkova, the Sydney international uh, champion. So she's the tough one. Yeah. And Matty Ebden's after that. He's 28th seed Vasek Popisil from Canada. So he's got a big match ahead of him as well. So the Aussies are, have taken over Rod Laver Arena tonight. Oh, wow. Um, just to sort of slide back there to the heat, how, how have you been witnessing the players uh, coping with the conditions? Well, uh, I caught a glimpse of... Um, well, most of the Serena Williams match on uh, Rod Laver Arena this this afternoon, and she she seemed to sort of struggle uh, with her serving. She did win in two sets, um, but at one point in the second set, she sort of uh, kept going back and taking a second go at her serve. So, and her opposition as well struggled a little bit. So, uh, Novak Djokovic advanced as well, but he tends to sort of struggle with the heat. But uh, Lee Na also advanced in two sets. So. Uh, she actually was lucky to manage to, to get through to the next round as well. So it's pretty, pretty tough conditions, guys. And I noticed that Marcus Bagdadis bombed out in the first round, and that's a bit sad. I'm kind of a bit of a fan of this guy. But now that he's gone, which player's got the rowdiest supporters out there? Hmm. Well, I think there's a, a few people following the Polish guy, uh, Janowicz. I caught up with a, a couple of guys from Poland um, who are big supporters of Janowicz and uh, Agnieszka Rodwanska. So she's on tomorrow on High Sense Arena. But 
the, the Polish fans seem to be making a little bit of noise for their for their players, which is good to see. It used to be a very Swedish and sort of German affair once upon a time, but yeah, the Poles have invaded Melbourne Park. Oh, the Swedish are down there. Always <laughs> like the sound of the Swedes. Brian, what's been the story of the tournament for you so far? Uh, well, look, it, it's been uh, look. I, I think um, just watching the champions take to the court and watch them see how they cope in this heat, which is quite interesting to see how they cope. Um, but the, one of the, the interesting points someone made before Lee Na took to court this morning was whether the roof should be open or closed. And that's quite a, a big topic as to whether, you know, Grand Slams should be played under, you know, indoor or outdoor. But are we, are we still line? having that debate? I, mean, I, thought, yeah. I thought that happened like 15 years ago and we all got over it. <laughs> Yeah, so you, you think that really, w- with the heat policy, you know, should they close the roof? Should they leave it open? But just watching everyone use their uh, fans throughout, you know, set after set after set, you know, for their uh, interchanging and seat hopping throughout the game is quite entertaining to watch. <laughs> It'd be a bit cruel to leave it open, wouldn't it? Like, you could yeah. close it, and you're yeah, just going well, to, like, punish them and make them play out in the sun like that. That well, sounds that's a bit exactly nasty. Exactly right. Well, that's how I can tell you one thing is that the ball boys have been earning their money throughout the last three days, and they've just, I reckon, they've sold, you know, a bucket load of frosty fruits too down at the bar. What's uh, the most interesting thing you've probably seen happen off court so far, Brian? Uh, look, I think um, there's been a few tight contests between some players and um, some of the seeds have fallen early as well. Like, we, we lost uh, Mikhail Yuzny. He's the 14th seed, so he's gone out today in, in five tough sets. So, um, yeah, look, I, I think as the as the tournament progresses in the next couple of days, it'll start to take shape, and it'll be interesting to see who actually makes it into the second week. So um, the other thing to, to mention was uh, Boris Becker, sitting a few mm. rows ahead of me in Rod Laver Arena, clapping on Mr Djokovic himself. So that was a bit of a blast from the past. So yeah, that it was, would be. It sounds sort mm. of, uh, I don't know, when, when did Boris Becker play? Probably the 80s, was it? Yeah, late 80s, oh, early 90s. A flick from yeah. the 80s. <laughs> um, Brian, what about off the court? What's, what's the supporter experience like? You know, what's the, what's the kind of, there's a lot of, sort of jazzy stuff going on at the Open. Like, what, what would you recommend that people check out if they manage to get down there in this heat? Yeah, there's um, now's probably a good time to head out to Grand Slam Oval. So there's performers out there and some bands taking to stage, and um, it sort of uh, brings to life, you know, what Melbourne is about, you know, musically and um, you know our very special arts culture sort of feel and our music. So it'll be good to to experience that down at Grand Slam Oval, or you know, just sit back and watch some tennis. It's being voted one of the best Grand Slams from people I've been talking to. So, Of course um, it's one of the best Grand Slams, Brian. It's been held in the, the great <laughs> and fabulous city of Melbourne. Brian, we'll um, catch up with you next week just to see what else is happening on the court. But thanks for giving us a round-up and, uh, I suppose, go Sammy tonight. Go Sammy, yes. I'm heading into Margaret Court Arena now to catch Stan the Man, Warinka. He's on, oh, uh, on Margaret Court now. So catch oh. another game of tennis before I head off. All right, stay in the shade. <laughs> Sounds great. <laughs> uh, you're in the locker room on Joy and 94.9. GLBTI sporting news that matters to you. That matters to you. The Locker Room.
Smithy, for the next two weeks, Melbourne, of course, is in the grip of tennis fever. As we all hit the courts thinking that we may be the undiscovered Roger Federer, Serena Williams or myself, Bernard Tomic. I usually have some issues with my left leg. I know this uh, has inspired me to get the racket out of the back of the cupboard. And if you are thinking to do it as well, uh, who better to have a hit with than Melbourne's GB LTIQ Tennis Club? Vic Tennis, we're now joined by Michael Prianis to tell us more. Michael, welcome into the locker room. Thanks for having me on the show. So what is Vic Tennis all about? Well, basically our motto is fun, fitness, friendship. So obviously to have a lot of fun, to keep fit and to meet other like-minded sort of guys that, you know, like the same sort of thing, in this case, tennis. And do you find now that we're in the sort of throes of passion with tennis in the Australian Open, do people get more interested in your sport during this period? Yes, definitely. Over the sort of summer period, we always find a lot more people coming down to our um, Sunday socials and all of that. So, yeah. And uh, so it's open to men and women? Uh, yes, it's, it's open to men and women, gay and straight. It is just an uh, LGBTI-friendly uh, uh, club, so it doesn't mean it's just LGBTI um just an LGBTI club. Mm. So whether you're inclusive, whether you are gay or straight, then you are more than welcome to come mm. down. So I like the idea of this uh, Sunday social. It just rolls off the tongue. So what's what's the story with that? Well, obviously it's held on Sundays, every Sunday of the year. Uh, basically, it's just the afternoon, one till five, uh, every Sunday at uh, Malvern Tennis Centre, where we just run uh, a few sets of tennis, just uh, a social sort of fun day with other guys and we also uh, provide an afternoon tea and it's, it's, it's just a really good fun day to meet other guys there and uh, if you are new to tennis then that's probably the best place to come down for the first time and you know um, start start off really. Uh, a little known fact about me is as a teenager mm. I broke my arm playing tennis. Oh what? Yeah. How? Well I was diving for a volley and I kind of put my hand out and Broke my arm. Does, but can anybody break the? Have you? Michael's. I, you, I've injured myself too. I've, really? I, I had a, um, an ankle injury a few months ago. Yes, it's very you know an <laughs> very wrist, fun. an ankle and a wrist injury. Well, watch out. <laughs> um, there you go. You've said that you know, all skill levels are kind of welcome. Um, how do you go about making sure you're not being kind of having the pants thrashed off you by some tennis pro? Mm. Uh, well, we do have uh, people for you know. Very good players there, and then we have beginners, and we sort of make sure to um, put you in sort of sets with players that are of your similar sort so of standard. So you can keep your pants on. Yes, exactly. Uh, well, some people might not like that. I don't know. <laughs> but also, we also do sort of mix it up, so you do get to play with a few of the um, few different players. But yeah, we won't put the sort of the the, the newest beginner with the, the top player, really. So all right. So Vic Tennis, so of course we'll be able to find you on the web somewhere. But where is the location, and is it just the Sunday? Socials, or have you got a few things where you can sort of shift it into fifth gear? Or uh, no, what? no, no. It's definitely not just Sunday Social, but with Sunday Social, it's held, of course, every Sunday of the year. It's at the uh, the Malvern Tennis Centre on Union Street. Oh, yes. Uh, it's from 1 till 5 every Sunday. Uh, it does usually run a little later during summer. Mm-hmm. Uh, the cost is $15 for the day. That includes court hire, tennis balls. Uh, there's even an afternoon tea sort of midway Ooh, through that's provided. Yeah, tea. so just sort of to promote, you know, meeting other members and all that, yeah. And uh, what other competitions other than this? So what other competitions? So I, I, like me, for instance, I need to get out there. Yes, and, if, and, uh, if you're more of a competitive person like myself, we do have a uh, Monday night competition. We do hold two seasons per year, the summer season and then the spring season. Uh, the summer season's actually starting next Monday, the 20th of January. Uh, that goes for about 15 weeks. Then there's a few weeks of finals. Uh, at the end of that, there is a, a grand final. We hold a night for that where, you know, there are trophies. You know, uh, we, we hold a dinner too. 
Um, and then, of course, there's another season uh, in the second half of the year. And also we do uh, hold a midsummer tournament in uh, conjunction with the Midsummer Carnival, or the festival, every year. That's actually this Sunday. But that was very successful this year because I tried to get in and it was all gone. All Already booked up, yeah. Oh, you couldn't cut Rolly any slack. Oh, oh he's You know, I hurt. even went down to Kmart and got myself a $19.95 racket and I was all ready to You've fire up. you got the black up. and white check sweatband. Yeah, exactly. Oh, you'll yeah. have to get in early next year, yeah. As soon as we sent the, uh, the email out, within two weeks it was all filled up, so we might have to look at a bigger venue yeah, maybe. Make the tournament bigger, absolutely. Mm. Um, if people do want to find out more, even if they don't want to go to the, well, they can't come to your uh, your big midsummer tournament, where can they go to find out more information? Uh, if you want to find out more information, we are at Vic Tennis. That's V I C T E N I S dot com. Uh, we're also on Facebook under Vic Tennis, or you can shoot us an email at Vic Tennis One at gmail dot com. Michael, hit us with your picks for this year's Open. Oh, for the women, you can't really go past Serena. <laughs> really, she's going to have really? to Really? How many Again. more years do you think she's got left in her? Like, I was watching her the other night, and she was still, you know... Like, she, she... She's so still so far above everyone else. I, I mean, she could still have, you know, six or seven years if she keeps herself in, you know, really good shape. I have to laugh at her mother in the audience. Her mother <laughs> yes, doesn't every... bother half turning up, and she was there the other night, and she was just... You know, like when you're on a plane and you're in really bad economy and you have to sleep, so you try the whole thing where you just put your head in your hands? She and, looks disinterested. And that's what she basically did. The camera flashed to her, and she was trying to have a sleep in her hands, and I thought, oh... You know, and it's amazing that, you know, just to sort of lost that, uh, to watch your daughter playing that you're just having a wee sleep. But, yeah, look, I think she's probably another got a couple of years left in it. Yes, definitely. Mm. Um, what about the men? And for the men's, uh, probably Djokovic. I mean, uh, last night Nadal looked like he was struggling a little bit. Mm. Um, Actually, one thing that I wasn't happy with, with with Djokovic, he's got a whole bunch of sponsors on his T-shirt, like Peugeot and oil and cigarettes and things like that. I don't think that's allowed. He wouldn't it? have cigarettes on there. Oh, well, I, don't, I don't think cigarettes, but... You are allowed sponsors on your shirt. You yes. are. Yep. Well, they're all going to look like those league players from Sydney what? where they're sponsored by plumbing companies. They can't live mechanics. on prize money alone, these people. It's struggling <laughs> exactly. financially. Oh, it's too cheap. Uh, Michael, thanks so much for joining us in the locker room. Of course, uh, get down on a Sunday to play with Vic Tennis. Maybe if it's not 48 degrees or whatever it is this yes. Sunday, we might give it a minute <laughs> so it doesn't feel so much like a microwave oven. But when it gets a bit cooler, we'll, of course, be down there in Melbourne. GLBTI sporting news that matters to you. That matters to you. The Locker Room. Rolly, I'm here to talk about player welfare. This is my editorial for Good time for today. With the, with the Aussie Open. Well, we're talking about the heat, but you know, there are other sports that have been in the news recently for dangerous practices. So in the United States, a federal judge has denied preliminary approval of a $765 million settlement of NFL concussion claims fearing that it might not be enough to cover 20,000 retired NFL players. That's American football. So that's $765 million. Now, you might think that's a lot of money, but um, the NFL has revenues of around about $9 billion a year you know, in US dollars. So, you know, they're doing okay. They could probably afford it. But it's the dirty little secret of these professional sports, I think, that they're actually... The, the players' welfare is being set aside to create the spectacle for the fans. And my question and my challenge is, if these places are professional organisations and they, they are employers running a workplace, why don't the normal rules of workplace health and safety apply to these sorts of organisations? Well, uh, isn't the risk and reward there that, you know, if you pay someone a million dollars, then 
there's a risk involved, you know, that, 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 that shouldn't the wage be covering that? Like if they were being paid $75,000 a year, such as, you know, the lower leagues, then maybe I would have that argument. But if they're in the higher ranks, then the risk and reward is there. So, Rolly, a century ago, before we had workplace health and safety laws, we had principles of courts used to apply, which is that if you worked in a coal mine or if you worked in a steel foundry, you were just working in a place that was dangerous and you accepted that by working there. Mm. And we don't accept that anymore of those places. We say, no, you have a right to a safe workplace if that's where you, where you are. So I don't know why sports are any different. And I think it's very interesting. WorkSafe Victoria has chosen not to investigate the events at Essendon Football Club last, over the last few years. Mm. They've said, oh, it's other sporting bodies who hold that responsibility. <laughs> but now if you just imagine that you know, Essendon Football Club was a mining company instead and they'd provided health supplements to players and they didn't have accurate records of what they were and it may have been dangerous. WorkSafe Victoria would at least be conducting an investigation. So why is sport any different? I don't understand why sport gets treated differently, Rolly. Well, I mean, it's it's a bit different from being a coal miner. I mean, at the end of the day, doesn't sport have an element of fun about it? Isn't that the whole reason you get into sport? Like, I mean, you don't you don't go out on a Saturday and play rugby just because you feel you need to. I mean, these people are doing something that's fun. They enjoy. They've accepted the risk. That's why they play sport. And you know what? As a side bonus, they get a bit of cash on the side. So you really think that? You think that because you're getting well paid you should put your long-term health and safety at risk. So Greg, Greg Williams, who played football for Sydney Swans and Carlton for many years, has reported that he has long-standing health problems, that he believes he has memory loss. He believes that um, he uh, has trouble sleeping, he has headaches as a result of the football that he played and some of the hits he got on the field. And he was a notoriously tough player. Like Greg Williams was the guy who was on the bottom of every pack in the AFL getting the ball out. He was one of the t- toughest and most uncompromising players. And, and he said that he believes that the hits that he copped on the field have led to long-term health problems for himself. And I'm not sure the young men and women who get involved, in, in especially in contact sport, at a professional level, fully appreciate the kind of risk they're getting themselves into. And it's our duty as sporting bodies and as the public to actually say, look, these places are workplaces like any other. They owe the same duties to people as any other workplace would. I don't understand why we just say it's sport and it's different. You sound like um, the lady who sued McDonald's for the burning hot cup of coffee that fell on her lap. Yeah, that's fine. All right. We'll put on the lid, caution hot. Um, but, you know, that's fine. So when these guys run out onto the AFL field, maybe we'll just get them and give them a piece of paper, a bit like a cigarette packet says, you know, this may cause lung cancer. We'll just give you a piece of paper to say, well... This may cause FYI, you permanent may get, brain injury. You may get a permanent brain injury while you're out there. you sure you still want to go out? You don't have to because there's a nice um, minimum wage job down the road that you're more than welcome to do and not play sports. So... Maybe it's more about advising, I'll give you that, you know, that yes, the coffee is hot, but if you do happen to burn yourself, then, um, you know, don't drink coffee, have a, have a Coke. But we have to think about the, the messages we're sending our young people who play sport. So I've got a report here from, from Ireland a couple of years ago, a 14-year-old boy who was playing rugby at his school hmm. was treated three times in one match for blows to the head and sent back on the field each time. And he later collapsed and died in hospital. What sport was that? That was playing rugby union. Wow, that's, that's actually illegal in rugby union. You're, you're, supposed to be banned, you're supposed to be on hold for three weeks. Well, that's right. And look, rugby union has, since that incident, you know, come a long way in putting in place concussion rules about what's happening. But no one's really convinced that those sorts of rules are actually the be-all and end-all of what you might need to do. And look, maybe we do need to look at changing the laws of sports to make them less inherently dangerous. 
I mean, I must admit, when I watch rugby league, I'm pretty disgusted when I see a person concussed and they get up and they nosedive back into the ground. We've all seen those sort of infamous shots. Um, So there needs to be a, a layover period. But I don't know, Smithy. I just think at the end of the day... I think with sport you do have a choice to play. Like if you are talking about a coal miner or a steel worker, they don't have a choice. They have to make a living. They have to raise their family. Nobody forces you to play sport. You play it for the fun. Um, And if we do need to um, give them a warning prior, then look, I'll give that to your nanny state. All right. Well, we're just going to have to agree to disagree on this one. Well, that's exactly right. So who do you agree with? Do you agree with Michael Smith uh, that we should be uh, looking into this more and, and bandaging people up and possibly wearing helmets everywhere? Or do you think it's probably siding with me? Well, look, you're running the risk. You're going out there, uh, especially with the professionalism sport. It is all about risk and reward. Helmets it, might actually make it more dangerous, by the way. It's one of the things they're talking about in the NFL is maybe the helmets and the clashing of heads with helmets on actually makes the sport more dangerous. Oh, now you bring that up. Yeah. Well, it sounds... Yeah. Anyway, uh, so that's our vital discussion. Uh, Of course, you're in the locker room uh, on Joy 94.9. And now we'll be talking to Aaron. Aaron, welcome into the locker room. G'day, guys. How are you? So, the the victory did very well against the Wanderers. Warriors there for a short second. (laughs) Getting your Kiwi roots back. Yeah, exactly uh, right. Phoenix did all right, didn't they? One all? Yeah, Phoenix did okay. Yep. That a good result. One all with Central Coast. Yeah, they just can't seem very to beat the Mariners. Over in Wellington. No, that's right. Uh, so, sorry, back to the victory. I, I can't help it. I always go back to the Phoenix. So, um, Vic, you'd be pretty happy with that, wouldn't you? Yeah, good result. Good result. Uh, war- uh, I said Warriors myself. Now, Wanderers were uh, second on the table. We were third and uh, really needed a victory. Um, excuse the pun. And... and Came through with it last night, three-one um, in in the heat, which was good. It was a it was an entertaining match in the heat. Now I've got to ask: Did the crowd behave itself? Because last time these two sides got together, there was a bit of argy bargy off the field and a bit of threats to take points off teams that they didn't behave themselves, and they were all sent to mm. the naughty corner. So what happened? Uh, nothing. 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 No flares. No fights. Nothing. No, just... The only flares that were lit off in Melbourne in the past week were at the darts. Telstra Dome. The other. The other day. Oh, right. Yeah, there apparently some flares for darts, but nothing okay. at the soccer. So uh, nothing happened at all. What, what about in the Melbourne Heart? Like, have they won a game yet? No, they lost 3-0. Oh, dear. You've chosen a, a terrible team to support, Mike. Well, no, I, I feel like I've chosen a team that just aligns with my values, basically. So, <laughs> uh, well, that was. Is, is the new coach not making any difference at all? Doesn't seem it, does it? They, 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 the first game that he was in charge, they, they drew nil all. They still can't score. Lost three nil to to Perth Glory, who have changed coaches themselves. So um, the Glory aren't flying that high, but shows how how poorly hard are doing at the moment. Oh God, what, it's, it's what, a tough time to be involved. What about the coal miners? <laughs> how are they doing? <laughs> the Jets. <laughs> oh look, how did you? Yeah, the Jets. How are they go? Are they still supported by by the by the black stuff? Uh, I, they're owned by Tinkler. I don't know uh, where his money's coming from, but uh, they are owned by his Hunter Sports Group. I thought he was going broke, wasn't he, at one point? So, oh, look, I'm not sure. I think he, he pretty much is, but I think he had to give a, some sort of uh, guarantee that uh, was drawn on a bank, and that's funding them at the moment, them and, and the whatever the rugby league team is. And so they're going all right this season? They're going all right. They're in the bottom half of the table, but they're, you know, they're doing okay. It's very close. The A-League's always close. Other than the heart, 
there's uh, seven points between third and uh, and ninth, um, and then the heart on five points. Oh, so it's really that awful for the heart. Like every other team is kind of in the running. Yeah. Except for the Melbourne Heart. Yeah, they're, they're no good. Oh, that's embarrassing. The A-League must be due for expansion, is it? I mean, there's not. How many teams are there in the comp? What is there? There seven are ten or eight? teams. They, they did expand into North Queensland, and both of those teams, well, actually one in the Gold Coast and one in North Queensland, they've both folded. Uh, and then they went with the second Melbourne and second Sydney team, and that's doing well. I think they're just on a path of consolidation at the moment before they look to, to grow any further, just to sustain the clubs that they do have. None of the clubs turn a profit except for Melbourne victories. So they need to, to bump up what they've got before they look to expand, I think. Yeah, and uh, Adelaide, how are they going? Adelaide, they're not going too bad. They're, they're third from bottom, but uh, they're only six points behind victory. They've, they've won, I think, three of their last four games. They've got a Their coach was the youth team manager of Barcelona, and he's trying to instill that style of football, and it's taking a while for them to catch on. But uh, the last three games, they've played very well, and looks like you start, you know, they've turned the corner, they're getting the results. So what does the run home for the victory look like? Obviously, the Heart are out of finals contention. That's not going to happen. But uh, I don't know. I don't know what the fixture is for them, but they're in third. They're, they're winning again, which is good. Uh, you really need to get into the top two spots in the A-League to, to have a good crack at it. Uh, and they're only three points behind the Wanderers now. So if they get into that second spot, they're a good chance. Because the competition's, so, you know, there's not a lot of teams in there, is it, what, what is it, just semi-finals and a final, is it? It's the top six. So the, the top six out of ten. Yeah. Oh, oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I, thought, I thought the AFL was ridiculous. Eight out of 16. Jeez. Well, it's eight right. out of 18 now. Yeah. Eight, 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 eight out of 18. Three weeks of finals to make some money out of it. Come on, boys. It's all commercial at the end of the day. Yeah, well, that's true. That's true. I actually, I have to say, um, with the A-League, it's good to have a bit of sport on. I see the NBL was was advertising the other day, but, geez, aren't they the forgotten child oh, of, boy. The, yeah. of the NBL? I mean, I don't even know if anybody's still in there, to be honest. They're sort of... Yeah. Um, and the uh, Perth Glory going across to the uh, WA, they're doing all right? Or you think they'll be in the top six out of eight or top six out of ten? <laughs> six out of ten. Yeah, look, they've sacked their coach. Mm. Um, but apparently because he was playing his, his sons too much, he had both his sons in his team. Oh. Never a good recipe <laughs> uh, for success. And Didn't work for Dennis Pagan when he used to play his son for North Melbourne, yeah. so it doesn't surprise me. <laughs> mm. they never, it never turned out well. It always happens. It never turned out well. Uh, they've, yeah, so they've changed coaches. Uh, they've started to win again, but as I said, it's, it's all very close. I, they're 14 games in now to a 27 game season, and as I said, there's only seven points separating third from ninth. So mm. um, maybe it'll be you know a bit more of a clearer picture in, the, in, in a few weeks to come. And, and at the moment, everyone's in the mix. And, and what's the, the game to look out for this weekend? Game to look out this weekend. That's a good question. Uh, I don't actually know. I'll just uh, get to the fixture, boy. <laughs> I would call you on the hop. Oh, geez, here we go. We've got I've our got soccer the iPad expert in front of me. Oh, who, 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 who are the victory guys? Talking off the iPad. Oh, uh, the victory have uh, the Phoenix. Oh, oh there you go. go in Wellington. Ooh. And the heart have uh, have the Jets in oh, Melbourne. Okay, no, uh, they won't go any good in the cake tin. I'll tell you that for now. That uh, she's a she's a cauldron over there. It's a fortress. Oh, it's a New Zealand fortress. Uh, Aaron, <laughs> thank, thanks so much for giving us a roundup again this week. Uh, no worries, guys. No problems at all. Uh, you're in the locker room on Joy at ninety four point nine. GLBTI sporting news that matters to you. That matters to you. The locker room. 
Smithy, I know there's so much sport on this week, of course, with the tennis and A-League, but uh, if you're wanting to get out there yourself, uh, and of course there's Vic Tennis on the Sunday, uh, on Saturday 18th you can face plant into the ground with forward abseiling down the side of a building. Yes, it's cray-cray-crazy uh, in the South Bank this week. Basically, uh, it's called rap jumping. Uh, it's highly advanced. It's been developed by the Australian SAS, and basically you get up there and you just hurtle face first towards the ground. It sounds fantastic, doesn't it, Smithy? I, I would safely avoid anything run by the Australian SAS. Do, do you jump on boats as well? Uh, yes, I think you do. Send them back to other countries. Oh. Um, uh, the Melbourne Renegades are playing the Sydney Sixers at Etihad Stadium on Saturday the 18th of January at 7.45. Um, the Renegades didn't have a great game last night. They lost the Sydney Thunder, who had actually lost 19 games in a row before playing the Renegades. So if you like a bit of your cricket hit and giggle, uh, the 2020 cricket, get out and to Etihad Stadium and check out what the Renegades are up to. Not that I'm uh, a conspiracy man, but there's been over $654 million being put in through Betfair on the last 22 games. And let me tell you, there's uh, some very funny looks at the Australian Federal Police. That's one betting agency, $654 million in 22 games. Mark Rowan, what are you suggesting? Are you suggesting that meaningless cricket games in meaningless cricket tournaments are somehow open to corruption? <laughs> No. Sam Stozer, uh, 6-2 over at the Australian Open. So go, Stozer. She's doing very well. Uh, if on Saturday you don't feel like face planting into the ground, you can go and play Slam Beach Volleyball. And it's actually a festival. I like how they've added festival on there, and that always makes it exciting. Uh, Slam Beach Volleyball Festival is down at St Kilda Beach. Uh, it's a team of 6-8, to eight, and you can shoot down and play volleyball in the sand. Um, we've got Melbourne Heart versus Newcastle Jets on Friday the 17th of January at Amy Park. Get down there. Look, the Heart haven't won in 19 games, but they need all the support they can get. So get down to Amy Park and cheer on Melbourne's forgotten sporting team. And also don't forget Midsummer Sports Day is coming up on Saturday, the 1st of February at Footscray Sports Ground. You can try everything from running with the front rowers, rowing with the Argonauts, cycling, bent cranks, badminton, Aussie rules, tennis, volleyball, walking, soccer, rugby, AFL. It just keeps going on and on. Check out the Team Melbourne website or Midsummer. Of course, thanks to all of our guests tonight, Vic's Tennis, uh, Brian Peel from the Aussie Open and uh, Aaron with the... Um, Soccer tonight, Smithy. And I will see you next week. Can't wait. If this is The Locker Room, you're on Joy 94.9. Australia's most amazing gay and lesbian radio station. Joy 94.9. Hello, this is Julia Zamiro. Hi, this is James Rain. Hi, this is Cameron Datto. Hi, this is Beck Runger. Hey, this is the Pop Bellies. Hi, this is Roger Sanchez. Hi, this is Tina Cousins. Hey, what's up? This is Jack from Fun. Hi, this is Casey Donovan. Hi, uh, hi hello there. Hi, uh, this is Frank Woodley, and you're listening to Joy uh, 94.9, which is uh, preferable than Sadness FM. Joy 94.9. Thank you for listening to a Joycast from Joy 94.9. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help us keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.